I'm excited to be back for another episode. Everything looks good on the camera. This is episode three of the podcast, and uh, I'm so glad that you're watching. If you are, I'm thankful for everybody that has been giving me some uh, encouraging support for this. We're going to keep doing it because I have fun doing it. Next episode is actually going to be really, really good because I'm going to have a great friend of mine on uh, from college. His name is Renald Kent, and he's a worship leader in Las Vegas, Nevada. But he's my boy, and so he will be on with us next episode. But first, normally I show you this right here, and you know what I say, America runs on Duncan. Uh, we'll get that in a minute. It's been a rough morning, very rough, but we're going to set aside from all that because for the first time ever here on the show, on the podcast, we have our first real sponsor. I was hoping for some confetti there, whatever. First real sponsor, and it's not Duncan. They haven't reached out to me, but it's my friend, uh, Michael Foster over at TR Group. Alex City. You're probably thinking, what is TR Group Alex City? I'm glad you were thinking that because I'm about to tell you. They are a car dealership. My guy Michael runs that bad boy over there. And um, if you need any kind of car, if you're in this area, if you're not in this area and you need a car, you can still drive on down. But if you're in this area and you need a car, you can go to trgroupalexcity.com and you can look at what they have. You can even tell him what you need, and he'll find that for you. Or you can go to their Facebook, TR Group Alex City. And usually car dealerships, you know, I've, I bought one, two, three or four cars in my life, and I'm always sketched out like you dread it, almost like you dread doing taxes. You dread going to the car dealership because you never know if they're being honest with you. You don't know who's being up front with you. Some are some sketchy people. But I promise you, because I know Michael, that he's going to help you the most he can. And he's going to have his team help you because Michael is a great guy and therefore he has great people under him or he'd get rid of them. Uh, but he's going to help you out the best he can. Even Katie and I, hopefully the closer to the end of this year, we're looking to upgrade her mom mobile. And that's where I'm going because I, I, I trust Michael and I know he's going to help me find the perfect car for our family because he knows that my family um, is important to me and he wants us safe. And so you need to check him out at TR Group Alex City. Okay, first sponsor. Thanks, TR Group. And Michael for being our first sponsor on that on the show. Now this morning, I'm gonna put this here as a centerpiece to talk about what we're gonna talk about. Let's turn it. Let's turn it like this. Product placement. Cheers. Bring it back, son. Maybe here. Every morning I go to Dunkin' to get Katie um, her iced coffee, large iced coffee, eight pumps of mocha, cream and sugar. Every morning, it's what she wants. Well, last episode, my friend Zach which I'm going to get to in a minute, uh, said, hey, what do you drink? Because he watched it and saw me talking about Dunkin'. He said, what do you drink? I said, normally just get an iced coffee, small iced coffee, cream and sugar uh, with caramel in it. He said, hey, try the Charlie. Me and my wife, Joni, have been getting it, and it's so good. I said, okay, I'll try it. So last week, Katie and I, I think it was actually Saturday, went to Dunkin', got an iced coffee. She did. I got the Charlie. Game changer. What it is is a cold brew. Because I got it right here. Two whole milk, two caramel swirl. And so I've been getting it like three or four days in a row. And yesterday, I didn't ask for it, but they put the foam on top. Man, it's good. So I've been loving this Charlie. Well, this morning, I'm going to move this out. First this morning, or last night at about 9 o'clock, my phone died. 
and my phone's done got to the point where when you plug the charger in, it you gotta wiggle it just the right way to get it to charge. I know you're thinking, grab a paper clip, clean it out. I did that. It still don't work. So you gotta wiggle it. It died. So I wiggled it, thought it was charging, fell asleep at 9.30. Wake up at uh, what I thought was 5.30 a.m. to go use the bathroom. Wake up. Oh, it still didn't charge. Phone's dead. What I didn't know is that when my phone dies, my watch uh, goes, sets back an hour. So instead of being, you know, 5.30, my watch told me it's 5.30. It was really 6.30. Didn't know it. I was supposed to be up at 6 to get uh, the kids ready for school. That's what time I get up to get them ready. Well, watch tells me it's 5.30. I think I got 30 more minutes. 6.30, really. Lay back down. My alarm goes off at 6 on my phone. So it goes off at what I think 6 on my watch. I hope you're with me. It's really 7 a.m. I get up. and I'm panicking. I get Maverick up. I get him dressed. I jump in the shower, get out of the shower. I got to go pick up my brother and sister and take them to school. I'm panicking. All because my phone died and wasn't cleaned out. Well, that's why I think it wasn't charged because it wasn't cleaned out. But... Regardless, my phone died, the dang charger wouldn't go in. So now I'm in this spot, you know, I feel like, and I just had it, you know, on the monthly plan. Last year paid it off, trying to keep it because I like the phone, I like the size of it. Don't want to add more to my phone bill. But I feel like they do this where as soon as it pays off, it's just like a car. It starts something happening with it, so you have to get a new one. But I'm not. I'm going to fight through I'm going to keep plugging it in and charging it, and I can't let it die because um, then I'll be in that situation. So that started my morning rough. Went to Duncan, got this. They handed me this, and I was like, this looks a little darker uh, than the Charlie usually looks. So I was like, whatever. Take Katie hers, get up here to the office, take a sip, and it's disgusting. I don't know what happened. Even the tag on it has the right order, but it tastes disgusting. And usually I'd let that, not usually, but sometimes you'd let that ruin your day. But I can't get mad at them because... I go there every morning, and even my previous order, they hardly ever mess up. And so the one time they do mess up, I'm not just going to lose it on Duncan and be like, oh, those dummies messing my order up. But, you know, that's just how we are in life. People do something good hundreds and hundreds of times, but the one time something goes wrong, we're very quick to get angry and upset at them. But I'm not going to do it to my guys, Duncan. You know, you got it wrong one day, that's okay. Okay. Two dollars, some change out of my pocket. It don't matter. I believe you're gonna get it right the next time. That's the kind of mentality we have in life too. For people, show people some uh, grace. So, if you're looking to get iced coffee, the Charlie is the way to go. I promise you that. This podcast, since we just took the long way around, this podcast today, I want to talk about year 29 of my life. So I just turned 29 last Friday, uh, a few days ago. What do I want to accomplish, and what do I want to be better at? So there's a few things. Uh, but first, if you follow me on social media, you, social media you can at kcj.hall is my Instagram. Just look me up on Facebook. But I'm trying to put more stuff out. Like I want to be as creative as possible this year, um, and not just creative, but uh, encouraging. I want to be encouraging too. So if you go to my Instagram, for instance, I have. Uh, like quotes on there and different things that I, I hope will encourage people because social media, um, and, and this is nothing new, y'all know this, social media can be something that really brings a lot of people's mood down. Like you get on Facebook and it's people arguing or you get on Facebook and maybe somebody shares something you don't agree with and it can just set you off. 
and I, and I understand it could be that way. But if we can all have the mindset of let's make sure that um, maybe we post something about our family or we post something that we agree with or whatever. Uh, I try to keep politics off Facebook and social media. You should too. Um, let's also try to post something side that's encouraging or uplifting. If we can just stay positive on there, then a lot about, like I love getting on there in the mornings and seeing um, people excited or something good happen to people or, or anything like that. Like I love getting on and seeing that. So use yours as a tool to encourage other people because you may not already know this, but your social media can and is uh, a form of ministry for you. And if you are going to tell people that you are a follower of Christ, and I'm not saying Christian because Christians use loosely, but if you're an actual follower of Christ, then everything you say every, in face-to-face, everything you post online, everything people look at uh, and base that off of you saying you're a follower of Christ. And so you may not know it, but your social media and your life and your words are all a ministry that point to Jesus. So when you look at it that way, it changes the perspective of what you should be posting online. You shouldn't be commenting just to argue. You shouldn't be posting things that you know, whether you agree with it or not. If it's a political view and you agree with it 100%, explain to me what posting it online will do uh, for that. You rarely, you know, if you post something online like that, the people that agree with you will comment and agree with it. But you're not going to change somebody else's mind that doesn't agree. So the only thing you did is you've posted something that's causing division. So there's no point in even posting it. You agree with it, great. Read the article, read the post, say that's great, keep it off. That's just my advice on social media. Sorry, I went on a little rant. So what I want to be, I want to be encouraging on social media. I want to be an encouraging person. I want to be uh, uh, as creative as possible. Uh, side note, my boy Zach I was talking about earlier, him, his brother Jeremy, and Mitchell and I went golfing Friday for my birthday. I've got to hurry. Went golfing Friday for my birthday, and we filmed – uh, a little six-hole golf vlog that will be on the channel in two days. Thursday, yeah, Friday. Two days. This comes out Wednesday. It's going to be so good. And then the next Friday, I have a video where my family and I went to the zoo last week. Uh, actually, Saturday. And so two great videos coming up with this coming out each Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe and uh, uh, share it. Like, I was going to say like it, but I hate when people say subscribe and like. But if you want to, you can. So two main things. Year 29. What do I want to be better at? I was thinking about this, and these are kind of, you would think, generic answers, but um, I'm going to explain this in a minute. I want to be a better husband, of course, and a better dad. Those are my two things. And with both of those, the way I can be better, one way, is with patience. Both of them tie in with both with parenting and, uh, uh, how do you, parenting and spousing? marriage parenting and marriage is being patient my downfall is I don't have a lot of patience I'm working on patience I'm scared to pray for it because I know I'm going to get put in situations where it's tested but I have to work on my patience so my question parents is what I'm starting to see is that the older my kids get the harder it becomes like is there age I guess I asked my mom I'm 29 now is there age where like so you're coming up, they start to talk, and it's getting harder and harder, but then like at, say, 24 or something, it slowly gets easier. Like, I need to know what that age is because as my boys are getting older, it's getting more and more 
uh, harder and harder for the patients. Like Maverick, he's he's ten now in fourth grade. That boy comes home, and he thinks he knows everything because of YouTube and friends at school. And I have to remind him all the time that those friends at school are going to get you in trouble because they may think they know everything, but they don't know everything in this house. And so we have to set that man straight. But it's a balance because it's also the age where he thinks he knows everything because now he's getting to that 10, 11, 12, asking for a cell phone now. And me and his mom and I said, no, no. But he's asking for a cell phone. He said, maybe when I'm 13 because I am a teenager and I'm have to call y'all sometimes. I don't know if I'm ready for that. There's a lot of dangerous stuff. Um, but he's also getting that age, so he's starting to know everything and getting a little more vocal about it, which which is great. But he's also the age where everything gets a lot more fun because now it's not like uh, – and JP's getting there too, where it's not like you have to be wrapped in uh, bubble wrap to keep them safe, but you can be a little more rough like when you're playing and you can take them to do things that they couldn't do when they were little. So it's like this balance of smarter mouth, uh, more fun together. And I don't know if that keeps going like this, and then eventually the smarter mouth goes away, but the fun stays. I hope so. But I'm working on the patience with them. Uh, and JP, luckily, he's only first grade, so he's still that kind of um, listens to daddy. Hey, Maverick, you better do what daddy said kind of thing. And so, it, But Maverick's getting to that age where you know knows it all. But it's fun. I do love it, uh, the parenting aspect. And then my sweet baby girl, she can barely talk, but she's starting to throw fits. Like, if you don't get her on short, she'll – you know, hit and scream until you pick her up and feed her. That's what she wants. She wants to be fed like her daddy. Uh, but marriage, marriage patience is a little different. So with parenting, uh, I'm trying not to kill the kid, you know, and, and you can relate. Not literally kill. I know if people watch this, I'm not literally trying to kill them. Um, but, you know, it's being patient. with. Them. But marriage patience is like teamwork. So parenting is patience because you're the boss and they're kind of, disrespectful at times you got to get them straight without being frustrated and being a good parent in a, in a loving way but marriage patience is teamwork you're not just the boss anymore now there's a 50 50 co-owner in the house um, and, and so it's like of course every marriage out there you can relate what do you want for dinner I don't know and then the worst of the nights were like well I'm not really that hungry I'm probably gonna eat something at home so what do you want oh, well, I guess we'll just go home and eat then. Or you still decide. You know, the whole dinner's a fiasco. Marriage patience is different. You've got to work as a team. Uh, so we both have different things we like to do. Like, for instance, I like to go behind people throughout the day and clean up. I like to just keep it going. She likes to once or twice a week clean the whole house at one time, which is great. Like, the whole thing's just knocked out. But in my mind, I'm thinking, if I just keep it clean uh, as we go, it won't have to be clean. Like, she won't have to do that. And so she's at her desk. Uh, she works from home, and she's got a, her coffee from the morning. And then she's got a Dr. Pepper, and then she went and get a sweet tea, and there's about a 1,000 cups on her desk. No shade, baby. And I go around, and I start picking up cups because I'm cleaning. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm still drinking that. I'm drinking that. I'm drinking that. I'm drinking that. And I'm like, how can you be drinking all six of these at one time? But, but, but it frustrates her because... She won't be messing with that, but I'm thinking, I'm trying to help you clean up, you know? And so it's the way in the house, too. Like, if there's clothes on it, I'll be picking up, or if somebody's trash out, I'll pick up. Or, like, even her dinner plate, uh, she'll take the baby to go get the bath running, and I'll start cleaning up. And she's like, I'm still eating. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. And so we have to work together because I like it that way. She likes to clean it, like, twice a week, just the whole house. Uh, but once we figure out, you know, 
hey, this is a team. We can do it together. Let's work, girl. Let's do this thing. It's easy. And, you know, those are small things um, that every marriage goes through. Like you have differences, different ways you like to do things. Um, and that's just being people. But another thing I need to do is be better at communication. She's great at it. I'm not. I'm terrible at communicating. I'm trying to hurry this up. I'm terrible at communicating. Um, and so how can I personally be better, even as a parent and a spouse, is communicate. Like I had, uh, I expect things out of people unfairly because I didn't even tell them what I expect. So how do I expect them, I'm saying that a lot, to understand unless I communicate it. And so I really work hard because um, a pastor was telling me this is that our home life has like he didn't he don't care how many kids come on Wednesday nights he don't care about that stuff if my home life is not um, where it should be then none of that stuff matters and this isn't just for ministry this is for you too if your home life isn't where it needs to be then everything else you're doing is almost just an act like it doesn't even uh, uh, matter because the home life is the foundation that everything else is built on. And once that starts shaking and crumbling, then everything else starts shaking. And no matter how much you try to hold it together and make it look good, it's just going to fall apart. And so, for instance, my wife and I, Katie, we know when it's Wednesday. Because Wednesdays are, are busy nights for us because we have the youth and I'm speaking on Wednesday nights. And so I'm usually trying to be prepared like and get my mind right on Wednesdays. But every week there's always something that comes up on a Wednesday that makes us try to have an argument. Like, always. And then they say, no, we're sitting here going at it, and we're like, wait a minute. It must be Wednesday because we're arguing. And we're like, yeah, it is. Let's, let's stop. Let's step back and let's refocus. And so he knows that if he can get my wife and I arguing, then I'll be distracted on, on then Wednesday night when I'm trying to pour into students. And so my home life has to be locked down. Like, we have to be communicating. We have to be patient with each other. We have to love each other. Um, and I'm just going to be transparent. This past week, I had a lot going on, and my wife said, uh, we're laying in bed, and she said, hey, this week I don't feel like I'm a priority to you. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. As I was sitting laying in bed on my phone watching YouTube, which I talked about y'all last, talked to y'all about last episode, I was like, wait a minute. And instantly in my head was like, that's not true. Yes, you're yeah, you are. But I couldn't say that out loud because, one, it had been argument. Two, the fact that she even mentioned it, right, shows me that whether I agree with it or not is something that is bothering her. Because if it didn't bother her, she wouldn't have said it. So I don't care if I don't think it's true. Like, even if I step back, it 100% probably was true. But the fact that she said it, even if I didn't agree with it, means that this is something that's bothering her that I need to take focus on. And so I need to set other stuff aside and quit making other things distractions and make sure that this week, next week, every week, she feels like she is a priority. And how can I reschedule my stuff to make sure that my wife feels that way? Part of that is patience. Part of that is communication. Part of that is just paying attention uh, and spending time together. Like I talked about last episode, I get sucked into my phone on YouTube for so long. What does she like to do? Lay in the bed, eat dinner, and watch movies. That's how I can make sure she's a priority. Um, so whether I agree or not, if she felt that way, it's my responsibility to correct that. So I'm going to wrap this thing up. I won't, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to challenge you this episode. Like I normally don't do this, but think of a few things uh, this year or maybe when your birthday's coming up, it can be a year or whatever. Something you want to get better at, something you want to uh, make it the best 
part of your year. For me, I want to be a better husband and a better parent this year. Year 29 is the year of husband and parent. That's for me. But you think of a few things. And I promise you that when you think of those things, you start to work on them. If you will set aside some time and spend it with Jesus, just a few minutes a day, quiet time, then all those things will become a little bit easier to focus on because now that you're spending time with Jesus, some quiet time, you're seeing how he responds to people from reading his word. You're seeing how he talks to people, and you're able to mirror that in the way you talk and deal with people. And if you don't spend the time with Jesus, you don't see how he acts, you don't see how he responds to people, then you're responding the way you want to. But let's mirror our life and focus it on people the way that Jesus did. Hey, that's it. Make sure you check us out, shcreativeco.com. Follow us on Facebook. Please subscribe and help me out. We're at 27, I think. I really want to get to 100 because at 100, you can change the URL to slash Casey Hall, something like that. So check this out. Share it. Uh, like it, subscribe it. You guys are the best. Love you. See ya.